Welcome, I'm Moshe Ferber. And I am Ariel Munafon. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast, a podcast about security architecture. Good morning, everyone. We are another podcast of another chapter of the podcast Silver Lining. Uh, good morning, Moshe. Hi, good morning. How are you, Ariel? Uh, I'm very good. Winter is coming, but uh, we are okay. <laughs> the season holiday is yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we have uh, Oz today. Good morning, Oz. Pleasure to have you here. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me here. Pleasure to be here. Okay, so Oz, I, I cannot really say your last name. It's too complicated. So oh, I'll it would be Avenstein. This <laughs> is how it's spelled. <laughs> okay, so I'll let you introduce myself, yourself. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually uh, originating in the field of IT security. Started off in the Army, in the Navy. Uh, after that, I've been doing a little bit of IT and security engineering work uh, for HP and then for Samsung Mobile. Uh, in a certain period of my life, I decided that I want to uh, study the field of penetration testing. Uh, so I did several stuff in order to get there. And when I started off, I actually started from a different field, which is uh, IoT security. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of uh, IoT security research and I've been a team leader of penetration testing team of IoT security. Where? Uh, it was a startup named Nation E. Okay. We were focusing on uh, providing security appliances for smart grid, for smart electricity. Mm. Uh, it was very interesting, uh, though I started to be more interested in application security. Uh, then I started my path in application security and really uh, drilled down in everything uh, that is there around application security. And I've been working uh, in application security for the past six years already. And I've uh, been doing a lot of penetration tests and different application security activities for different organizations around the world, uh, ranging from... Singapore to the US uh, to the UK. Uh, currently, uh, I started off my own business as a consultancy firm. And providing... You seem a little tired now. <laughs> Sorry? You, see, you seem a little tired now. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Lots of stuff to do alone. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, that's it. Uh, I've been doing a variety of activities till now with different organizations. And... Uh, Today, we're going to speak about the cloud and how to focus the penetration test yeah. in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, the reason you're here is because I heard your lecture about cloud penetration testing, which was really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I invited you here thank you guys. to talk about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, again, um, penetration test is one of the best controls that you can have in the cloud. I mean, because it tested exactly what are you installed on. And... Um, Sometimes the only thing you have is penetration testing the, the application. I mean, if we talk about uh, uh, software as a service, sometimes the only control you can have is trying to break the application. Uh, maybe you can play a little bit with logs and uh, access control permissions and uh, access to your data. But the only re- reliance that you have that your data is safe is basically trying to pen test it. And uh, pen testing software service is a, is a different challenge. And of course, if you're developing your own application on top of infrastructure service, platform service, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, uh, naturally the last stage, not, not the last stage, part of the, your uh, pipeline is basically pen test the results and te- check your application. And this is probably what we're going to uh, focus today. But my first question to you would uh, be, so h- how is a cloud penetration test different from a regular penetration testing? Oh, so of course, uh The main thing is that you do not own the infrastructure itself. So you have to pretty much consider uh, what components you are allowed to test and what components you are not allowed to test. 
Uh, so there are different aspects of this that you need to consider prior to conducting a penetration test. First, you have to try and understand what is the cloud uh, based model, the service model itself that you're about to test. For example, if you're testing uh, IAS uh, infrastructure, so you need to consider different components that you have to uh, consider if you're testing a service, a software as a service uh, mm -hmm. cloud-based platform. So there are different aspects uh, that you need to consider also in terms of compliancy. So if you have different aspects of compliancy that you need to take into consideration, you have to, of course, take the consideration into the cloud itself. Mm -hmm. uh, moreover, you have to consider the CSPs, the cloud service provider policy itself in terms of penetration testing. Different, service prov uh, different cloud service providers uh, are uh, enabling a different penetration test and are uh, actually giving the confirmation to test different services from their cloud. So you really need to take a good look on the cloud service provider policy in order to understand what you're allowed to test and what you're not allowed to test. So let's dive deeper into that. Mm -hmm. uh, t let's take into that. Uh, can you give us a little bit of elaboration on uh, the differences between my Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and what they allowed you to scan, what they're not allowed you to scan, and what terms? Or yes. other SaaS also companies. Uh, yes. Yeah. So... Um, I think most of them has this uh, one thing in common that they're generally they, they allow you to test your application. They're not allowing you to test all of the components, but they generally, generally allow you to test the application when you want to test the application. You do need to take into consideration what are the components that are allowed to test. For example, in Amazon today, you're allowed to test about... I think 13 or 14 of, of their services in terms of penetration testing. So if you have an S3 integrated into your application, you're allowed to test an S3. But there are other Amazon components that you're not allowed to test. Uh, this is true not, also, not uh, all, uh, only for the components, but it is also true for the method of testing. Uh, you are not uh, going to conduct a red team testing against the whole AWS infrastructure. You have to really focus the efforts and what are the areas that are allowed to be tested. So mm -hmm. this is something that you need also to give uh, to ask for permission and to really understand what you are going to do, because if not... Uh... That's right. If you want to conduct a red team, you need to ask for permission from the cloud service provider. Most of the cloud service providers are informing that uh, on their policies that you need to uh, let them know if you're conducting another activity uh, besides the regular gray box penetration, penetration testing. Uh, so yes, it's something that should be planned with them okay. if you are conducting. And different mm -hmm. policies between Amazon, Microsoft, and Google? Do you see any differentiation uh, yeah. specifically between them? Yeah. First, I'd like to touch GCP. I think that it's the most unclear yet because they are not really providing uh, any indication of what of the components that are allowed to be tested. Uh, in GCP, it's pretty much vague. Mm. Uh, so I can't really tell uh, specifically. Uh, but between uh, AWS and uh, Microsoft, I think one of the interesting things that you can do in Microsoft today is testing the actual security components. They're saying that every uh, security mechanism itself can be tested if it is impl implemented in your application itself. So you can test a DDoS, you can... Uh, That's right. Okay. Yes. That, that's for Microsoft. That's for Microsoft itself. Okay. And in mm -hmm. Amazon, you have a specific list of services you can uh, test, not yes. not uh, significantly the security uh, services, mostly the services you installed on, like that's EC2, uh, S3. That's right. Uh, EBS. Most of the services mm -hmm. that are incorporated in the application itself, we need to consider that Amazon today has lots more services. So most of these cannot be tested. Mm -hmm. So it's really highly important when you're 
testing an application, if it's a big application that is implemented in AWS or Azure environment, really take a good look on the components that are integrated in the application. And uh, if, if you're doing it with a third party, and in, in many cases, you wouldn't want to tell the third party uh, that is testing your application the whole, inf the whole uh, structure of the application, the components that are integrated. But in that case, when, we're, when we are testing a cloud application, you should do that because these guys, the third party that you are hiring, should know uh, what are the components that are integrated so there won't be any situation that they will touch a component or test a component that the cloud service provider is not allowing. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, interesting. So um, we, we talked about Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, and if maybe you can give some example for software as a service companies and their policies to have yeah. in mind. Uh, I think most of the software as a service companies are not allowing to test their application, but they will provide you with their own penetration testing mm -hmm. results. But in... Uh, other cases, there are uh, software as a service uh, products that can be tested and are the, the companies itself are uh, allowing it. And what you need to do is you need to focus your test in a certain area. You need to focus on the components that you are responsible all on from the shared responsibility model. So you need mm -hmm. to uh, really uh, take a look on everything that is related to the data that is in the application itself and everything that is related to identity and access management. Okay. Which is basically the two things that you can play with in software as a service. That's right. Yeah. And in some applications, it may be that uh, uh, the identity and access management capabilities are low. But in other mm -hmm. applications, everything that is related to roles and permissions may be something very complex. So in these cases, it's different, uh, definitely valuable to test the application for uh, vulnerabilities around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have some experience? Are you, are you trying to do this? Are you trying to break the walls between the different tenants, like to take two tenants and see if you can... Uh, uh, bypass and see the data between them? Yeah, so one, one of the things that is mentioned... He's smiling now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of the things that is mentioned in most of the policies of the cloud service providers is everything that is related to multi-tenancy is not allowed. And this mm -hmm. can be pretty vague, right? You can detect a vulnerability in S3 or in another service that can be super severe, and this may cause some multi-tenant data leakage. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, it's something that is stated in the CSP's policies. So let's just say that the penetration testing team, whether it's internal or external, should not try and focus their effort on extracting data that is related or, or conducting actions that are related to other entities. Tenants. Uh, tenants, yeah. Yeah, well, we what we do in the cloud security trans we recommend having two tenants on your own. Sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not possible. Yeah, but I'm not sure that... that but it also can break most of the CSP's policies. That's right. As, far as, as I understand. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, last question about it. Uh, when, you ha when you meet a software as a service company that tell you, okay, don't scan, I'll give you my own penetration test results. Mm -hmm. Do they give you something that you can work with? Uh, or did they just give you, okay, we find five... Uh, five high severity items and we fix them that's it i mean yeah so i think this question is interesting because it's pretty much specific mm -hmm. i believe that when you will receive a penetration testing report uh from a csp in uh, in some cases the vulnerabilities will not be related to your application or your business but in other cases it may be related so it's definitely important to request these and go through these and understand whether it can impact your business or and if you're seeing any risks in these vulnerabilities that may uh, impact your business or application that is mm -hmm. running on the cloud. 
Okay. Uh, moving on. So we understand the different policies. Cloud penetration testing. What do you need to consider? What are the stages? Uh, yeah. We initially we talked about it in two different questions, but I think. Judging from the direction you're talking, maybe we will unite them into one. So things to consider and uh, the different methodology and different stages mm -hmm. of the pen testing. Yeah, so I think the first thing to do in the planning phase is to, again, really deeply understand the CSP's policy and what is allowed to be tested and what is not allowed to be tested. This mm -hmm. is something that should be highlighted, of course, to the penetration test. It's highly important. The second thing is to try and focus the penetration test around uh, cloud threats that are relevant and the top cloud threats. You really need to try and uh, take from the top cloud threats what are, are the actual findings and vulnerabilities that I want to try and detect in the application itself. Uh, another thing that you can do in the planning phase is to try uh, and establish an understanding in the penetration testing team of the components that are integrated so they will highly know where to put their focus. Mm -hmm. Okay, and if I now looking from the you know the the people that are coming for you to 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 make the pen uh, the pen test, um, what do you suggest? You know, I, I I didn't come from the security angle, but I really uh, you know build uh, uh, applications also to the even to the government. Okay, so I was really scared before we made the first uh, um, the first test because I didn't. Sorry to say, I didn't trust our developers uh, of what we did, and, and we went to train. And I wasn't sure even one, you know, what what to ask uh, the things that change, or um, you know, giving me the idea to 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 really give me the confidence, not the idea that I'm, you know, even testing it right. Uh, I didn't know how to do it. So, what can you give, uh, you know, to to our side uh, about the things that we should do? Yeah. So, so I think uh, there are different phases for the application test and. As I mentioned now, the first uh, step is actually in the pl in the planning phase uh, is to do this uh, small planning to understand uh, the CSP's policies, the top threats and the components of the application. But the other stages uh, can also incorporate actions that are related uh, to conduct a better penetration test. For example, after conducting the, uh, the planning phase, you should conduct threat modeling. And this threat modeling uh, can be based on stride or dread or other approaches that you are familiar with but you should give a specific focus on related cloud threats if you're thinking about spoofing if you're thinking about repudiation you should think about specific cloud vulnerabilities and threats that may be occur because uh, if you establish this understanding before and you have the threat model before you can utilize the penetration testing team time more efficiently so they will know what threats they need to focus in order to extract uh, and try and get sorry vulnerabilities that are highly uh, interesting and related to what you're trying to achieve in the penetration test. Yeah, and moreover, uh, in other stages, for example, in the reconnaissance phase, you can definitely try and look outside for items that are related to the cloud infrastructure or to the, uh, or to the cloud application. This can be API keys. This can be information about personnel that are handling uh, the cloud infrastructure. This can be uh, access keys and this can be usernames so you can actually in the information gathering phase try and get some threat intelligence or general threat intelligence about cloud relevant items mm -hmm. additionally additionally in this phase you can use discovery tools that are specific for clouds and this may give a better understanding and better results for the penetration test itself 
Can you give us a couple of examples for discovery tools that are relevant to the cloud? Uh, specific names I can't extract from my head <laughs> just like that. Uh, but there are tools that are specific for AWS and Azure, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of these um, in all the common websites from uh, Kitsploit to Hacker News and such. I think every week I see a new tool for cloud penetration testing. They even mm-hmm. now make them specific for each service, so you can uh, either exploit a specific service or discover a specific service more efficiently. Uh, so it's definitely important to uh, look at the tool set that the penetration testers are about to use Uh, in the test itself. So uh, with up, up until now, I just want to summarize this. We're talking about, uh, we talked about the following stages. The preparation stage, where you uh, understand the different cloud provider uh, policies, you understand which cloud provider is it and what is its policies and the different application components, right? This is the first stage where you mm-hmm. map everything around. Then the second, um, the second stage is the uh, threat modeling, mm-hmm. where you try to emphasize, okay, these are the threats that I want to cope with. This is for better plan your uh, penetration test, right? So uh, basically I am saying, okay, I'm focusing on uh, availability or I'm focusing on confidentiality of the data based on the threat modeling. And the third uh, stage, which we just completed, is basically the reconnaissance. So now I'm trying to understand, okay, so I'm in, uh, which uh, S3 bu- uh, region are you using, or uh, even the buckets, and who are the people behind the application. I'm checking LinkedIn to see if I find the, uh, who, is the, who is managing the cloud infrastructure for this uh, application, right? So this is the mm-hmm. reconnaissance phase. Yep. Uh, the next phase is the actual testing. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, great examples, by the way, on the information gathering. I think mm-hmm. one of the... Additional things that you can do is utilize name servers mm-hmm. or uh, utilize uh, even leaked information in pay sites and such. There's a lot to be done when you're looking at the cloud. Uh, when we're talking about the active testing, so the first thing that the penetration testing team should do is to validate the scope, to try and look at the application and examine it that they are not uh, going outside of the uh, testing scope that is allowed to be tested and to try and identify the services that are incorporated in the application but are allowed to be tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that in terms of the active testing, one of the things that the penetration testing team should try and do is first utilize the whole, uh, or this whole set of OS int items that they have gathered before. Open source intelligence. Yes. OS int. Okay. Yes, so everything they gather in the reconnaissance phase should really be trying to be utilized in the test itself. Mm-hmm. Moreover, everything that is related to leveraging of misconfigured services. So when we are detecting the services that we are about to test that are part of the cloud infrastructure, we should try and test for any misconfigurations or any issues that are related for uh, in these services specifically. And as we know, there are a lot of, <laughs> oh, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Misconfiguration is uh, our biggest problem. Can, can you give us some kind of indi- uh, example from misconfiguration you encountered? Like, uh, is it uh, an open bucket, uh, for instance? Yeah, I think the last one that I saw was an open bucket, which still <laughs> happens. It's still, it's still open. It still <laughs> happens. Uh, but I think there's a lot of issues um, also with, uh, in IAS infrastructures with misconfigured firewalls and misconfigured uh, routes between uh, applications. So you can, in many cases, try and examine uh, a lot more of the application that you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the application is broad and is based on this kind of infrastructure, yeah, so this happens. U- usually, I know there are different kinds of scenarios for pen testing, but usually organizations are telling you, this is the application, Use 
everything you need to break it. You can call our engineers at home. You can uh, come to our offices with a discount key or they tell you, I want to do the basic things, scan our website and uh, see if it has uh, some kind of open vulnerabilities. Don't go over the, over the wall with that. I mean, what do they usually ask you to do? Yeah, so I think uh, CISOs that are not familiar or security managers that are not familiar with cloud infrastructure and how to test cloud specifically, they are familiar with the old penetration testing or the, the, the IT uh, common penetration testing. So yeah, this is what will, they will ask. So yeah, come and break my infrastructure or break my application, find everything and extract everything. Mm-hmm. I want to show to my managers that uh, this was worth the money and we have lots of stuff to do and I want to give some, uh, some tasks to the R&D so they'll have uh, uh, something to do as well. But uh, I have to stop them uh, in most cases because... Again, there are a lot of considerations that need to be made prior to a cloud penetration test. And I think most CISOs today and security managers are not familiar with what are the, con- what, with these actual considerations to be made. Uh, and it's not only that the test won't be efficient as it can be, but it can also cause issues with the cloud service provider itself. So I love this approach as well. And <laughs> let's try and break everything. Unfortunately, when our application is based uh, on an infrastructure that we don't own, we need to just uh, take other considerations and conduct it in a different manner. Okay, so uh, this is the actual testing. Uh, next phase, what is it? Uh, so the last phase is actual reporting. Um, as you all know, probably penetration test ends up with a report that enumerates the vulnerabilities, their severity and probability and such. And I think one of the interesting things that I've encountered and that I've been requested to uh, include a certain part of the report that will consolidate the information that is related to the cloud, not only the vulnerabilities that is that were detected, but also the actual components and also the actual uh, OSIN that was collected, because in most cases, the CISO uh, doesn't have the visibility like the R&D has. So he's not only achieving from the penetration task the actual vulnerabilities, but he's gaining a certain degree of visibility utilizing the report itself. And this visibility allows him not only to see, okay, there's a vulnerability that exists in this server or in the other server, but it also enables him to see uh, the full attack surface that was uh, uh, actually attacked in the penetration test by the penetration tester. So... I think one thing that you can do in the reporting, and I've been very uh, happy that I've incorporated it to my reports, is to have this actual part that is related only to the cloud. Can you give us an example what's in there? Yeah, it can be an enumeration of the attack surface itself, the services that are utilized in the application, the actual IP address, the addresses mm-hmm. that have been tested, a part that include the OS in that was collected and where it was found. So everything that is related to the cloud itself will be. Okay, it will give the CISO some kind of... Uh, uh, some sort of visibility and mapping. For visual, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have all this information. It will give them the file about this application, basically. Yeah. That's uh, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because from, from what I see now, for CISOs, it's kind of vague. 
uh, everything that happens in the application itself. Most CISOs are not familiar with these items and, and with this information that they can receive. So for them, if somebody is already testing the application to detect the vulnerabilities, there's a lot of things be besides the vulnerabilities that he's seeing. He's seeing the full text surface. He's collecting information mm -hmm. uh, prior to conducting the penetration test. So this is a lot more that you can get from a penetration test in the report itself. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, trying to to understand the the process of people who are inviting you to do this uh, penetration test. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm getting for you, most of it is this is the engineering team building an application. Then the CISO is inviting you to test them. It's not like you're working with the engineering team all the way. Uh, this is how we build the application, and in the end, you're pen testing them. It's coming from the external entity, which is the CISO. Yeah, as far as I understand. That's an interesting question mm. because um, th the method that you mentioned just now, I think this is the common method, but it's recently I've been hearing different requests. For example, if uh, in the past or the common penetration test, we used to test in uh, when, there's the f when there's a final version and we will test the whole application. Mm -hmm. uh, today I'm receiving requests from different CISOs that uh, they want the penetration testing team to be more integrated with the R&D and product. And why is that? Uh, because first you don't need to test the application from scratch when your application is made for microservices and you can conduct much more focused tests. Uh, so what we're trying to do now uh, with different organizations is to incorporate our PT uh, with our R&D and product cycles. So for example, if we know that in this quarter we're about uh, the company is about to launch new features so we will only test these features and at not only that we will uh, test these features specifically we will understand what are these features do doing mm -hmm. uh, how are these features built and how it is integrated in the application so we can very specifically test these features and make an efficient test a quick test and and, and a test that is not bothering the R&D too much as well, mm -hmm. which is important. Uh, so I think the penetration testing itself, uh, in terms of how it is conducted and how it is integrated in the organization, I think it's kind of changing now and is tending to be more closer to the CI/CD methodologies that are incorporated today than the uh, methodologies yeah. that were before. I think there are three things that are pushing into that. First of all, people understand that doing the penetration test in the end is much more expensive to fix things. Yeah. Uh, the more you, you know, shifting left, the faster you detect them. Second, microservices, services, as you mentioned, I don't have to test the entire application, I can test per service. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is that um, people are developing faster. I mean, we used to develop, like, the development cycles were long and there was enough time to call us and tell you, okay, I need you on March 3rd to test the version. Mm -hmm. Today, and there's like, they could deploy like 500 uh, production changes a day mm -hmm. and somebody has to pen test them. I and mean, I cannot wait until us will get there and do the penetration testing, I have to incorporate them along the way. So these right. are basically the things that are pushing us to, into mm -hmm. more. And, and this is actually the methodology that TSA is declaring. I mean, part of each unit testing, sorry, part of the testing should be unit testing, static analysis, dynamic analysis, also pen testing. That's right. I think it also mm -hmm. in terms of, of times, because a penetration test is event eventually it's based on hours capacity. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you're scoping an application, this application is pretty wide, so it's really hard to be very accurate in the time that you need to, to test. You can enumerate the features, you can go by each one and you can estimate. Mm -hmm. uh, but this estimation is kind of rough estimation if the application is big. 
Uh, but when you're testing a feature specifically each time or a service each time, you can be much more accurate in the times that you are actually spending on a penetration test. Okay. So I think in terms of efficiency, it gives a lot to organizations. Okay. <laughs> Two more uh, small questions. I'll ask them uh, uh, in together. Uh, maybe the answer will be different. First of all, um, what is bigger? The amount of uh, vulnerabilities you find in the code, in the actual Uh, coded with the developer organization or misconfiguration I'm trying to understand where, where do we do more mistakes and seconds uh, I mean uh, 10 years ago when um, when I was talking to application security guys 90% of all developments was .NET okay so a couple of other guys were developing in other languages but today I think there's a much bigger variety also the languages are behaving very differently uh, like and uh, there's a big variety and languages are very different. Oh, okay, not very different from one another, but very different on their uh, specific uh, um, requirements. So how do you, as you as a penetration test guy, does it affect you? Does it matter if it's developing React or uh, Java? Do you test differently? I mean, well, what is it to you? Or do you look at the application as complete? Uh, so I'll touch the first question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing... Vulnerabilities in the, in mis- like that are arising for misconfigurations, but also code vulnerabilities. Uh, I think it's pretty much the same, but I think the tendency is that everything that is related to code vulnerabilities might not occur again if it comes to the R&D. For example, if there was an issue with input validation or, or output validation, so you probably won't see it again, uh, at least from my experience, if you detected like... Uh, three or four XSS in the application. So if you'll test it in six months, you probably won't see any XSS. Because issue. the organization is learning. Yes, because the developers are learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I saw. Uh, but in terms of, of cloud misconfigurations, I think it's kind of different uh, because in many cases, uh, it's different to control in the organization. Sometimes developers have the ability to set up their own environments mm-hmm. and the guy that actually conducted the fix for the cloud misconfigurations was the DevOps. <laughs> so there is a gap yeah. between these. Uh, so I think it's also a lot of manner, uh, a lot of uh, matter of accountability because different personas in the organizations uh, are allowed to conduct cloud related mm-hmm. actions. So, yeah. so this is one. Many organizations still let developers build their own environment with no uh, guarding rails as uh, one of the, our uh, podcast was talking about giving mm-hmm. them the ability to launch their environment but on a specific term set. Yeah, I even saw some organizations mm-hmm. that are allowing their security teams to set up an environment in the cloud and this environment was not secure. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we have lack of knowledge in general, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. And, and it's more human that, you know, that, that we do things if yeah. they're not uh, Uh, automated but uh, when uh, like us says that if the there is a code or something that you use you just you just reuse it so it's yeah you fix it one you fix it at all mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. next question uh, was uh, Moshe about the, about the, the varieties. Varieties. remember yeah yeah <laughs> the variety of uh, languages yeah yeah um, so I think yeah the, the, the every uh, language and every framework that is used uh, Now, all the new languages and frameworks that are uh, used definitely have more uh, security mechanisms and are coming uh, pre-configured with some security uh, features. In terms of the test itself, it doesn't, um, in most cases, um, it doesn't matter uh, to me uh, whether I'm trying to find a specific vulnerability or not in a specific uh, 
uh, framework that is integrated, you mentioned React. So for example, if React is integrated, it's, it's much more uh, difficult to find an XSS, but it's not impossible. So I may have to conduct a little, a little bit uh, research about it, and I may uh, need to examine the application more thoroughly in order to detect the area where, where I can find an XSS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not that I will uh, stop my attempts completely or just not look around this corner of vulnerability uh, and just pass it around. So it, it definitely gives more value to developers uh, from the R&D side. Uh, but but from, from my perspective, there is still... Okay. The vulnerabilities are still out there. Uh, you can never know how was any new framework was upgraded. There might be a vulnerability just now introduced to an update and yeah. hasn't been there before, right? Okay, mm-hmm. but you as a penetration test, you need to uh, have the knowledge. I mean, okay, this is how I'm testing React, this is how I'm testing JavaScript. You need to understand the, the frameworks beneath. That's right, that's, yeah. for sure. so, that's for sure. So in the end, we'll have people, okay, I'm specializing in penetration testing for .NET. I'm specializing in penetration testing for React and uh, Java, I don't know. Yeah, so I think, I think it's something from, from, the, from the customer perspective that needs to be asked when you are inviting a penetration test. Also mm-hmm. in terms of the cloud itself, not. Uh, only uh, in terms of the frameworks and languages. But when you're conducting a penetration test and you're inviting a penetration testing team, so you should ask them if they are familiar with a cloud service provider, the components mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. uh, that exist on a cloud service provider with the framework itself and how to abuse the framework or vulnerabilities uh, that are related to the, f- to the framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is something that should be proactively asked from the penetration, penetration testing team vendor uh, to present and yeah. to show that the guy is uh, to the uh, customer that is requesting the test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely valuable. One last really low level uh, technical question. Let's say, for instance, uh, my data is, uh, I don't know, MongoDB, some kind of service, or RDS, some kind of service. Mm-hmm. And this service is not in the scope of Amazon. Uh, you're not allowed to test it. That's right. Can you still do SQL, for instance, try to do SQL injection on the application front end? Or does it consider that you're testing the, the database itself? That's a very good question because you're incorporating it in your application. So it is allowed. It's not like you're testing the service, yeah, the service itself. itself. Okay, because mm-hmm. I'm doing it in fr- from the application, uh, in, from the application interface, not the, from the database. Uh, That's right. You are not testing it from the yeah. database okay. itself. Good question, Abush. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Um, So trying to summarize this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the difference between uh, cloud penetration test and on-premise penetration test is the fact that, first of all, uh, you're not owning the infrastructure, so you need to ask permission. You have different policies you need to adhere to. You need to uh, understand which uh, policies the cloud provider have, and you need to uh, work with that. You uh, You don't have the free reign to do anything you want. And um, uh, after you understand uh, what, uh, basically, uh, we're talking about five stages methodology, starting from the uh, preparation stage, where you understand your different um, constraints, you understand the different policies, moving to the uh, threat modeling, understand how to make the penetration test effective, reconnaissance, understand which services you're going to use, understand, uh, check your GitHub, check the LinkedIn for understanding who the, uh, the guys that operate this behind the scenes, and the actual penetration test uh, itself. And of course, the last stage, which is basically delivering the results. And uh, over here, uh, you, need, you can add a lot of things into the visibility uh, of the application. And um, other things that we uh, learned, 
misconfiguration is big. Misconfiguration happens all the time. You also check it for the application infrastructure. You need to have, uh, check it in other places. For instance, I do a lot of cloud reviews where I open, open the management dashboard and check for those misconfiguration. And also you need to, uh, if you're asking, uh, taking the customer side now, if you're looking for penetration testing for your application, um, first of all, make sure that the provider knows the cloud infrastructure you installed on, make sure you understand the different frameworks you work with, the different services you work for, with, and the best results you get if you try to incorporate this into the CI CD process, into the development process, and not just do one uh, penetration test in the end, just test everything. It will be more expensive and probably you will have more false positive mm -hmm. during that. Anything we missed? Uh, I think it's also highly important from the customer perspective to understand the focus areas around the shared responsibility model that he's utilizing in a specific application or infrastructure that he wants to test. Understand that the components that you are still responsible on. So this can give you a lot of indication where you want to focus the penetration test and what are the vulnerabilities that are actually feasible, feasible uh, to be extracted during the test. Uh, another thing is, yeah, really take a look on the, on the CSP's policies so you don't uh, get to an interference with the CSP itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was really inter interesting. I remember the, f the first time that I heard about pity. So <laughs> no, now I, I feel that uh, I understand <laughs> a, a lot more. Thank you. So thank you, Oz. It was very interesting. Thank, thank you, for you your guys. Time. Thank you for your time.